Good Saturday morning. Welcome to the program, Vince and the Nose Guys. The show is brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. You can find us on Twitter, at BTG Program. You can also visit our website, btgprogram.com. We're highlighting the stories and the people of faith. It's not a faith program with sports. It's sports programming with faith. We're sitting here in western New York, the sports news capital of the world, the last <laughs> week, with all the moves the Buffalo Bills made. I mean, they haven't made this much noise. This is exciting to see what the Bills are doing. They're they're really putting something together and want to make a run at it. This, this is the most excited I have been as a Bills fan since right before Norwood missed that field goal. And I was excited right after he missed that field goal, <laughs> if I recall. It's definitely the most excited we've been about the Bills in the month of March ever. You know, this is usually a slow month for football news. For when us. was the last time the Bills signed somebody... Of that caliber. I mean, would just, is Drew Bledsoe, maybe? Probably Mario Williams. Mario Williams, okay. Yeah, but he, he's on the defensive side of the ball. And as much as you need a good defense, I, I can't think of the last time the Bills signed such, such a good offensive player in what, what is the prime of his career. He had two monster seasons back to back, McCoy did. Uh, he was 1,600 and 1,300 yards the last two seasons. He's a beast. He's a hardcore running back. I mean, he's better than anything Buffalo's had in a while. Absolutely. Would you agree? I mean, he gives you the explosiveness of what C.J. Spiller had, but he's also physical enough to run between the tackles and a grab run offense, which C.J. Spiller never could do. Yeah, I'm not taking anything away from Fred Jackson or C.J. Spiller. They're great backs, but they're not LaShawn McCoy. He could easily win you an MVP. And you got Matt Castle coming in at quarterback. Oh, yeah, real excited about that. Well, listen, why, why wouldn't you be? I'm not. Who do you have that's better in your lineup right now? No one. Well, exactly. That's the problem. And, and listen... Castle had some good years. There's been a lot of teams that looked at Castle very excited about him. It hasn't always worked out where he's gone. It didn't work out in Kansas City. What has he done since New England, though? But maybe getting in here, what is he going to be asked to do in the Rex Ryan offense? He's going to be asked to hand Hand the ball off off to LaShawn McCoy. (laughs) Hit a couple of uh, receivers, and you got Sammy Watkins. You got Robert Woods. I, I think the Bills are sitting in a pretty good spot. You already got a good defense. It's sad that you lose Kiko Alonso, but... You didn't have them last year. Yeah. Right. If you're a Bills fan, you got to be pretty excited. This is a trade that shows how fortunate the Bills are and that they haven't had a linebacking core this good in a long time. Not only this good, but this young. Nigel Bradham's young. Preston Brown was a rookie last year. This is a very good, very young group. I attempted to not just jump out of my seat with joy when I heard that the Bills got LaShawn McCoy because they gave up Kiko Alonso. And I just kind of sat there and I thought about it for a little while. And the more I thought about it, the more I fell in love with because it. Because you're the worst Bills fan ever. You are always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Well, can you blame me? Yeah. No, the Bills have been terrible for so long. But here, here's why I sat back and waited. I was like, oh, man, Kiko Alonso, he's he's young. He was great rookie, missed last year. I mean, think about what their defense could be with, with him this year. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, well, you know what? They don't need Kiko Alonso. He wasn't there last year, and their defense was great. He is coming off a knee injury. Maybe he'll never be what he once was, what he could have been because of the knee injury. We don't know. But what we do know is LaShawn McCoy is great, and I'm loving this trade. The thing I don't, I can't wrap my mind around is why the Philadelphia Eagles jumped at Kiko Alonso. Like, I think of LaShawn McCoy, and especially with the draft coming up, that they could have really 
gotten a lot more in return for LaShawn McCoy. And I, I just, I can't help but wonder, you know, especially with Kiko Alonso coming off of the injury, this seems like I'm kind of waiting for more to unfold so we can learn a little bit more about it. I think this has less to do about Kiko Alonso and what he's going to be and more to do with Chip Kelly. Because last year, he got rid of Deshaun Jackson. I was like, wow, the Eagles just got rid of Deshaun Jackson. He's a big part of that offense. Now they're getting rid of LaShawn McCoy. This is now Chip Kelly's locker room now. This is his team. I haven't really seen reports of any friction between those guys, but maybe that's what was going on. I mean, this is clearly Chip Kelly's team now. Those two big names are gone, and now it's Chip Kelly is the big name. I think another factor is that Chip Kelly coached Kiko Alonso at Oregon, and also he doesn't value the running back position at all. I mean, he was quoted as saying, I can win with, you know, basically I can win with any running back. It doesn't matter who plays running back for us. And that's the NFL today. The running back is undervalued. You're focusing on your passing the ball down the field, your quarterback, Mm -hmm. your your receivers. And with his roster bonus, uh, McCoy was going to be making north of $12 million this coming season. So if you don't care who plays running back for your team, you're not going to pay somebody $12 million to play running back for your team. And their defense was terrible, so Kiko Alonso is a good ad for them. He's only going to be 29, I think, this season. I mean, running backs on the bad side of 30, I think you got to look out for. But, I mean, you he's still 20, got two good years. He's 27. The thing, though, with the age is he came in at 20. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's, a, he's seven years in the league. Running backs start to slow down around year eight. This is a win-now move. They, the Bills think they can win in the next year or two. Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Coming up later in the program, we have Keith Madison. Keith has, was the head baseball coach at the University of Kentucky for over 25 years. We're also going to talk with Roman Gabriel III. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys. Title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. If you have a pest problem, they are who you need to call. I know it's still cold and snowy outside, but those warm days are right around the corner and those pesky critters are going to start coming out. Town & Country Pest Solutions has been in business for over 25 years and have a team of knowledgeable professionals that guarantee their work. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. G&T Youth Baseball is registering for its 2015 season. G&T has divisions to accommodate boys and girls ranging from ages 5 to 15 years. Games are played Saturday mornings beginning May 2nd and continuing through June 27th. Some age groups will have a weeknight practice time as well. All games are played at the beautiful G&T Sports Park in Hilton. The baseball programs offered through G&T Athletics teach baseball in a fun, family-centered environment that is sure to provide your family with many fond memories. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info. And you know what else GNT has? Men's softball. And registration is open for that now, too. All the games are played on Monday nights. They're all at the GNT Sports Park in Hilton. Season scheduled to begin May 4th, conclude August 3rd. There'll be two practice nights, April 20th and 27th, so long as the weather holds out so you can get out there, run around a little bit. Registration is only $60 if you act now, but you got to act now because the discount rate is scheduled to end March 14th. After that, the price is going to jump. Registration ends completely April 12th or when the program is full. If you have a group of guys you want to play with, the registration form allows for that. Put all their names down. G&T will try their best to keep you guys together. 
Now, they will stop short of guaranteeing that because they want to keep a competitive balance in the league, but they're going to do their best. If you're just that lone wolf or maybe you and a buddy want to play, GNT will find a team for you. He'll get you on. There's a bunch of guys like that. Go to gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info and find yourself over to their softball page. GNT Softball. Registration open now. Well, my hand is shaking and my knees are weak. I can't seem to stand on my own two feet. Who do you think of when you have such luck? I'm in love. Welcome back to our humble little show. I like to call it Benson, but they like to call it Benson and those guys. As it turns out, Benson was taken anyway. Either way, we're glad you're with us. Our show is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God, townandcountrysolutions.com. Keith Madison was the head baseball coach at University of Kentucky for over 25 years. He's now the national baseball director for Score International. Not only is he in the U.K. Hall of Fame, but he's also in the Kentucky High School Hall of Fame as well as the American Baseball Coaches Hall of Fame. He talks with us now on the BTG studio line. Keith, thanks for joining us. Good to be with you, Rick. You're a missionary with SCORE International, specifically filling out the role of National Baseball Director. What are some of your duties and responsibilities in that role for SCORE? Well, they're, they're really varied, and that's one of the things I like about it. I, it seems uh, that I'm never doing the same thing any one day. I have actually have a ministry to coaches here in the state. I try to mentor younger coaches. I'm 63 years old now and coach 25 years at Kentucky and uh, three years at other places. But uh, I, I just love sharing my experiences with them and encouraging younger coaches to do it the right way. Not that I always did it the right way, of course, but uh, I think you live and learn, and so that's been rewarding. But also recruit coaches uh, to go on a trip that I know you've been on. Uh, it's called the November Baseball Outreach, and we usually help lead about 200 Americans on a trip to the Dominican Republic where we conduct free baseball clinics for very passionate young Dominican baseball players, and we serve in various other ways while we're there, and we have some pretty neat uh, fellowship together in the evenings as well as a group. And also uh, recruit athletes to go on mission trips. I usually put together a, a group of college baseball players from various programs across the nation, and we go down each August and compete against some very good Dominican baseball teams. And it's, it's a great experience to see the difference in the way the Dominicans play the game as, as compared to Americans and, and to see friendships evolve. And, uh, and then also go, I, I recruit teams to go, uh, so a lot of high school and college baseball teams enjoy going down to the Dominican Republic and competing and serving down there. I also publish a magazine and I'm on the board of the American Baseball Coach Association. Uh, I stay busy. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. How many times do you get to the DR every year? Well, two trips for sure every year. The November baseball outreach and the uh, and what we call a college team trip, where I recruit players from the different programs to go, but also try to go with individual teams as well. Uh, so I probably average maybe three times a year. While you were at Kentucky, you won a very impressive 713 games. Is there one game or perhaps one moment in your career that stands out to you as being extra special? Wow, you know I, I've been I've been asked that question a few times, and it's interesting that every time someone asks me that question, a different thought comes to my head. <laughs> and just then, when you asked it, I thought of two things. One, I thought of, of sweeping LSU when they were ranked number one in the nation. That was a thrill for our program. And also, uh, I thought of a loss. Uh, we played Stanford University in the finals of the NCAA Regional in New Britain, Connecticut. 
and a young pitcher for Stanford by the name of Mike Messina beat us in the finals, and they went on and won the national championship. And we lost that. We actually were one out away from going to Omaha, and uh, Messina was able to shut us down. So that that was just kind of a bittersweet moment in that we faced one of the great pitchers in, in Major League Baseball. We didn't know it at the time, but it, it eases the pain a little bit knowing that, that he was that good. <laughs> Now, I'm sure you've never had to deal with a distraction quite like the Alex Rodriguez situation, but have you ever had a distraction that threatened to upset the balance of your team, and how would you keep a team focused when they have to deal with something like that? Well, you're right, Rick. I've never faced anything quite like that because the Yankees are on such a huge state, and the media attention is just incredible. So that's a whole different level of distraction. But, you know, what, what it boils down to is that the Yankees and Alex are going to have to just lay everything aside when the season starts and compete. And it's, uh, there's interesting dynamics that go on in, in clubhouses and in locker rooms. And if, I, I think if Alex Rodriguez truly wants to, to play the game for the right reasons and wants to be a team, a good teammate and wants to help the Yankees win another championship, then he needs to learn how to deal with all those distractions. And, and if he does, I think the young players will gravitate to him and, and support him. But if he continues to create distractions, as we all know that he has in the past, it's not going to work. You mentioned earlier uh, Inside Pitch magazine. Can you tell us a little bit about what that's about and how our listeners can get a hold of a copy of that? Well, uh, about three years ago, uh, I came up with this idea. My son and I actually came up with this idea to, to start a, a, a magazine that would point people towards score and try to encourage teams and athletes and coaches to go on our score mission trips. But as the magazine evolved and more people got involved, it became a very, lack of a better word, a very slick-looking professional-looking magazine that is full of cutting-edge information about amateur baseball. If you're a travel team uh, coach or player, or if you're a high school coach or player, or a college coach or player, or just a baseball fan, it, it's really a fun magazine to uh, to read. Uh, we've had we've featured people like uh, Andy Pettit, Luke Pinella. We've we've had a lot of great baseball people in the magazine, but we also feature some outstanding college and high school coaches. Uh, it's been a labor of love, that's for sure, and it's been well-received. We're, we're now a partner with the American Baseball Coaches Association, which gets us in front of well over 6,000 coaches across the nation. So, and, and we're able to use that as a platform to talk about what's really important and try to encourage coaches to coach the right way and in, encourage players to play the right way and, and also tell people about some pretty neat international opportunities in baseball with School International. There's a website, right? Where can folks get it? InsidePitchOnline.com. We've got. We just had a, a, an issue that uh, Finnegan, uh, the great uh, Kansas City Royals lefty, is on the cover, and uh, and the re- reason we put him on the cover is he's the first pitcher ever, or first player ever, to play in the College World Series in the same year that he played in the Major League World Series. That was quite an accomplishment for him to, to go directly from college baseball in, into Major League and have success. So we featured him. But InsidePitchOnline.com, we would love for baseball fans out there to take a look. We're talking with Keith Madison. He's a longtime baseball coach at Kentucky who now serves God as the 
National Baseball Director for SCORE International. You mentioned the baseball outreach that SCORE does every November. I have been a part of it. What are some blessings that you've experienced as part of that trip? There's been so many. Uh, it, it, it seems like every year the trip is a little different. But, you know, I, one of the blessings that I receive from that trip is when I invite some of my friends, they don't even have to be baseball people. You know, they just have to be people that have a desire to, to serve and to grow in their faith. When I invite them and see that growth and see them encouraged and see them motivated to come back to the state and to be better husbands, better fathers, uh, better employees, better citizens, and better Christians, you know, I, I, that, that really gets me excited when I see that happen. And you know what, Rick? It doesn't only happen to them, it happens to me. Uh, there's something special about serving like that, that uh, it just draws you closer to Christ. And when we get back from those trips, for one thing, when I open up my refrigerator, I, I don't see it quite the same. And when I open up <laughs> my closet, I don't yeah. see it quite the same because, as you know, the level of poverty there yeah. is staggering. And and so uh, we're, we're very blessed in this nation to have what we have, you know, plenty of food and, and clothes to put on our back. And the Dominican people are just a very warm, friendly people. And I tell people this all the time, and they they look at me kind of crazy. But I had I had uh, baseball camps at the University of Kentucky for 25 years, and we had a lot of great kids come to those camps. But usually, about 15 or 20 percent of the kids that come to those camps just had terrible attitudes. You know, they really didn't want to be there. Their parents probably dropped them off and as a babysitting type service. But when we do those clinics down in the Dominican Republic. When those hundreds of kids show up at the ballpark, they all want to be there. And of all the thousands and thousands of kids that I've been in front of down there, I can't ever remember but maybe one or two bad attitudes because the kids are passionate, they're very respectful, and then it's really cool when the baseball clinic's over, you know, we're able to share our faith in Christ. And to see the respect they have for that and to see the open hearts that they have, it's just an incredible blessing. If anybody wants to be a part of that trip, I always, uh, in years past and for several years now, have brought a team down from Rochester. You can reach out to me through our website, btgprogram.com, or they can go to SCORE International. What is SCORE's website, Keith? SCORE International is uh, it's uh, www.scoreinternational.org. So if anybody's interested in being a part of a short-term mission trip, that'll, I think, change your life and certainly impact you. You can reach out to me or reach out to Keith or through Score International. I've always wondered. I've been on that trip eight, nine times now. I've never worked with you. Can you explain that? <laughs> hey, can you uh, take a minute and share with our listeners how you first came into a relationship with Jesus Christ? Yes, I'd be thrilled to do that. I, I uh, grew up in a very, very small community in rural Kentucky, uh, sort of a farm boy. Uh, we were a very poor family, but we uh, I, w- I was really uh, blessed to have uh, parents that, that took me to church, and we attended a really small Baptist church there in, in this rural community. And when I was about 12 years old, uh, I started really getting serious about my faith. I started realizing that my parents, my brother and sister, had something that I didn't have. And so I remember distinctly going to the altar and just surrendering my life to Christ, and I remember the peace that I had. And then later in my life, when I started, uh, I, I played some minor league baseball in the Expos and Reds organization, and I and and, and I went to went to uh, college. I sort of drifted away from that, 
But then when I got married, my wife started encouraging me to go to church. And so uh, then I sort of rededicated my life to Christ. And that happens when you get married, you start having kids. All of a sudden, faith becomes much more important to you. And that's what happened to me. And then when I decided to retire from coaching, God really opened up the door through School International for me to, to take two passions that I have, my faith and baseball, and, and be able to, to serve using uh, both. For most of my adult life, Rick, I, I didn't, I, I just never dreamed of anything like that. And for me to be able to still be around the game that I love so much, but yet use the game as a platform to talk to a lot of young people and coaches about something far more important than baseball, it is just a tremendous opportunity. Keith, how can we pray for you and your ministry? Well, just uh, that, you know, God continues to use me in a way that would, would please him. And uh, I, I'm in a process right now, Rick, of recruiting college baseball players. I'm speaking a lot to college baseball teams. I'll probably do somewhere between 15 and 20 baseball chapels for different baseball teams this spring and and share those opportunities to go down to the Dominican Republic and and use the gifts that God's given you and for these guys at baseball to serve him. And so just just uh, if you and, and the listeners could pray for me as I do that, that would I would just be so honored. That's probably the, the, the main prayer that I need right now. Keith, I want to thank you for joining us. Absolutely. It's fun talking baseball. It's fun talking about our faith in Christ. And uh, when I was in AAA with the uh, Montreal Expos, our team was in Winnipeg that year. And I, I pitched in Rochester against one of the, I mean, it was it was almost a major league team. They had Bobby Grish and Don Baylor on that team. I guess they were an affiliate of the Baltimore Orioles at that yep, time. Yep. And uh, I just remember I was only 19 when I was in AAA. And these guys were men. I mean, Don Baylor, he, he, he stood so close to the plate, and he was so big and strong. I couldn't help but think, hey, if I hit this guy with a fastball, he's going to come out and twist my head off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a great story. We'll have to get you back up here in the Rochester area. Hey, Keith, thanks once again for joining us. I appreciate the opportunity. Keith Madison talking with us on the BTG studio line. Coming up later in the program, we're going to have our Pest of the Week, Darren's Unreasonable Rant. We're going to talk to Roman Gabriel III. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest With all the snow and ice this year, a lot of people are having problems with water leaking into their homes. They're finding water in their kitchens, damaged drywall, and ruined floors. If you have this problem, call Tim Ford with Imperial Remodeling at 490-4027. They will remove the snow and ice from your roof and gutters to prevent further leaking. And they can take care of any damage the water may have already caused. If you are one of the fortunate few to have escaped the ice problems, but are considering some home improvement projects like perhaps remodeling your kitchen or turning that unused area into a man cave, call Tim at 490-4027. He will come out personally to talk to you about your project. That's Tim Ford with Imperial Remodeling, 490-4027. That's 490-4027. Title sponsor of Benson and Those Guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. If you have a pest problem, they are who you need to call. I know it's still cold and snowy outside, but those warm days are right around the corner and those pesky critters are going to start coming out. Town & Country Pest Solutions has been in business for over 25 years and have a team of knowledgeable professionals that guarantee their work. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. 
GNT Youth Baseball is registering for its 2015 season. GNT has divisions to accommodate boys and girls ranging from ages 5 to 15 years. Games are played Saturday mornings beginning May 2nd and continuing through June 27th. Some age groups will have a weeknight practice time as well. All games are played at the beautiful GNT Sports Park in Hilton. The baseball programs offered through GNT Athletics teach baseball in a fun, family-centered environment that is sure to provide your family with many fond memories. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info. Hey, you know what else GNT has? Men's softball. And registration is open for that now, too. All the games are played on Monday nights. They're all at the GNT Sports Park in Hilton. Season's scheduled to begin May 4th, conclude August 3rd. There'll be two practice nights, April 20th and 27th, so long as the weather holds out so you can get out there, run around a little bit. Registration is only $60 if you act now, but you got to act now because the discount rate is scheduled to end March 14th. After that, the price is going to jump. Registration ends completely April 12th or when the program is full. If you have a group of guys you want to play with, the registration form allows for that. Put all their names down. G&T will try their best to keep you guys together. Now, they will stop short of guaranteeing that because they want to keep a competitive balance in the league, but they're going to do their best. If you're just that lone wolf or maybe you and a buddy want to play, GNT will find a team for you. He'll get you on. There's a bunch of guys like that. Go to gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info and find yourself over to their softball page. GNT Softball. Registration open now. Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. You can follow us on Twitter at BTG Program. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Our website is btgprogram.com, and there you can find out more information about us, listen to previous interviews and broadcasts, and even support the program by purchasing a T-shirt or making a donation at btgprogram.com. So nice to once again be seeing images of baseball on our television sets. Spring training games, the warm sunshine, the blue skies, the green grass, the palm trees. Baseball is certainly back. The problem with spring training games, though, is the games don't really matter, and the players that are going to be on the rosters are really only in there for a limited amount of time. So for the number of reporters that are down there, the droves of reporters, there really isn't anything newsworthy to cover. As a result, they end up making stories where stories don't really exist. And that was the case this past week in Port St. Lucie with the New York Mets train. Highly touted Mets rookie Noah Syndergaard wasn't playing in the game on Tuesday, so he slipped out of the dugout and in the clubhouse to get a bite to eat. The trouble for him was when team captain David Wright finished his two innings of work, he went into the clubhouse and caught Syndergaard there and proceeded to chew him out for not being on the bench with the rest of the team where he belonged. Another of the Mets veteran players, Bobby Parnell, happened to be there at the time, and he helped Wright make his point by taking the plate of food that Syndergaard had and throwing it away. And isn't that itself scandalous? People hungry all over the world, including one here in this studio in the New York Mets, Bobby Parnell, throwing away food? Is it any wonder they have so few fans? Those fans, however, are talking about the incident. They're glad to see David Wright taking that leadership role, as they've complained a little bit about him being perhaps quiet in that area. Although teammates will tell you that he is a leader, he just does it behind the scenes. In fact, he apologizes for this incident, not necessarily for the message being sent, but because he did it in front of the media. Wright says he didn't realize his situation, uh, the circumstances, the surroundings, I guess. And then he says he put Syndergaard in a situation where, quote, now he has to answer questions, I have to answer questions. Terry, referring to team manager Terry Collins, has to answer questions. That's not the way I like to handle things. 
Syndergaard, for his part, says it was a mistake on my part, just kind of straight-up ignorance on my part, thinking I could go in there during the game and grab a quick bite to eat. A learning experience for me, I should have been on the bench. So good for the Mets to have this kind of leadership, these things coming together, but there again, there's an example of where nothing newsworthy going on, so you get a story where one doesn't really exist. However, there was another story coming out of Mets camp this week that had much more serious implications to it. Major League Baseball's new ambassador of inclusion, Billy Bean, was in camp at the invitation of Mets GM Sandy Alderson. Bean, who is gay, was also a one-time highly regarded Mets prospect whose career as a player just never materialized. The Mets, though, graciously gave Bean an opportunity to not only address the players in the clubhouse, but also to suit up one more time and help the team go through its spring training drills. But it was Mets second baseman Daniel Murphy who created the controversy when he said, I do disagree with the fact that Billy is a homosexual. That doesn't mean I can't still invest in him and get to know him. Maybe, as a Christian, we haven't been as articulate enough in describing what our actual stance is on homosexuality. We love the people. We disagree with the lifestyle. That's the way I would describe it for me. It's the same way that there are aspects of my life that I'm trying to surrender to Christ in my own life. There's a great deal of many things, like my pride. While Murphy's comments seem to me to be a long way away from hate speech, he has now said through a Met spokesman after a bunch of media backlash that he will no longer discuss his religious beliefs and gays, obviously in response to that. My heart hurts over this situation because here is another voice silenced because somebody didn't agree with him. By the way, Billy Bean and Daniel Murphy handled this situation beautifully. The two principles involved are fine. It's the media that have reached out afterwards that I have the problem with. Bean, in fact, he wrote a column for Major League Baseball. He said, I appreciate that Daniel spoke his truth. I respect him. I want everyone to know that he was respectful of me. We have baseball in common, and for now, that might be the only thing, but it's a start. Bean went on to say that the silver lining in his comments are that he would be open to investing in a relationship with a teammate even if he disagrees with the lifestyle. Isn't that the goal? Isn't that what inclusion, isn't that what tolerance is about? I disagree with you, but I can include you, I can invest in you, I can have a friendship with you. What am I missing here? Bean even went on to say, I have tremendous admiration and respect for Daniel Murphy as a family man. Just last year, he made the decision to miss opening day for the birth of his son. Billy Bean is handling this like a professional. He says inclusion means everyone, plain and simple, and Daniel is part of that group. One columnist wrote that when someone says we love the people, we disagree with the lifestyle, that's actually saying I don't like gay people and I'm saying so in what I take to be a socially acceptable way. How in the world is we love the people the same as I don't like gay people? How else can you say that? We love the people, regardless of the sin. Believers in Christ ought to love. And I, I get it. I think Daniel Murphy was on to something. We said we don't always articulate that well. And a lot of believers don't show Christ the way they are. That's just the reality. But that can be said about any religious group. That can be said around any people group. You don't act always as the way you ought to. You're taught one way, and yet you do another. That hypocrisy is everywhere. It exists here where you're saying tolerate everybody, but yet you don't tolerate anybody who happens to disagree with you. You're not looking for tolerance. What you're looking for is somebody to agree with you. And if you disagree, then you're intolerant. I was watching one sports highlight show out of New York City because I, I root for all the New York teams. I grew up down in the Catskills. 
And Chris Carlin, talking about Daniel Murphy, says that this is why some people ought to just remain quiet because they end up showing how remarkably ignorant they are. That's a self-fulfilling prophecy right there. You just showed how ignorant you are. How insensitive is that? Daniel Murphy is not ignorant. He's saying what he believes, and in no way did he say he dislikes or does not love the person. Instead of name-calling, perhaps you ought to investigate what he believes and why he believes it, and you may find that Murphy already has an answer for something you have a need for. Right now, we are living in such an overly sensitive society. I cite, for example, this past week, a charity event that was designed to support an advocacy organization for children in foster care. This event was canceled by Quinnipiac University. It was canceled because a senior, Lexi Gruber, saw the poster and found it insensitive. The poster was nothing more than two Spanish maracas and the statement, Nacho Average Philanthropy. Nacho Average Philanthropy. There was also the date on it. This person, Lexi Gruber, a Quinnipiac senior, she tweeted out that philanthropy with a side of cultural appropriation and stereotypes. So shameful. What's shameful is that this charity event, this good deed, this well-intentioned activity is now not going to happen. That's shameful. I understand that the individual may have been offended. There is very little that we can say that isn't going to offend somebody. I may say, and it's true, I don't care for Indian food. That's going to offend somebody. I don't mean it hurtfully. I'm not intending to hurt somebody's feelings. I just don't like Indian food. That's not being bigoted towards people who like Indian food. I just don't care for it. Actor Leonard Nimoy passed away this week, and in his role as Spock on Star Trek, in one of the movies, he said, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, or the one. You probably remember, it's a famous line. Great scene. Well, we've got that all twisted around now in our society, where the needs of the few, or perhaps the needs of the one, are outweighing the needs of the many. I understand you're offended. Maybe you ought not be so easily offended. Maybe you're a little overly sensitive. Nobody's out to hurt you, or at least I'm not. I'm just saying what I believe. Why does your rights supersede somebody else's? In fact, when I go to the mall, or I go someplace where there's a bunch of uh, people hanging out, and the foul language that I hear, and they'll give you, well, it's free speech. I can say whatever I want. Well, why does your right to free speech supersede my right to decency? I mean, there's a social decorum, is there not? I've had this conversation before a number of times, probably even on the show. It's frustrating to me that a, a good person, a Daniel Murphy, a family man, a believer in Christ, is being silenced. In fact, I don't think it's a stretch to think that programs such as ours, programs where we openly talk about our faith, may not be able to do so in the not-too-distant future. Part of the blame falls on Christians for their lack of love in their message, the lack of grace. That wasn't Jesus Christ. That's not the Jesus of the Bible. Believers, we need to show Christ-like love. But the Bible does say homosexuality is a sin. Leviticus 18, Romans chapter 1, 1 Corinthians 6. But it also says many other things are too. And those people that say homosexuality is a sin yet and go and cheat on their life or go engage in premarital sex, that is the same sexual sin. The guy that stands on a street corner yelling out of his bullhorn that abortion is a sin or homosexuality is a sin or that people are going to hell and doesn't have an ounce of grace or love in his voice 
and who's also 50 pounds overweight because you can't put the soda down, the Doritos down, the Twinkie down, the beer down, sitting on three speeding tickets and cheats on his taxes, needs to understand that cheating's a sin, lying's a sin, gluttony's a sin, no different than the things are that he's yelling about in his bullhorn. We all have something that we struggle against. How about when you have a difference of opinion, instead of shutting the other person down, you have an open, honest dialogue. Instead of name-calling when you don't understand or labeling somebody like Daniel Murphy ignorant, which, by the way, when you do that, you show how ignorant you really are, maybe you don't know everything you think you know. Maybe you might learn something by having an open and honest, calm discussion with somebody. Whatever your views on something, at least have enough respect one for another that we can consider the other person's perspective and not simply dismiss it. You may find out you have more in common than you originally thought. For instance, we all have a sin problem. We have the same sin problem. You might be a liar, I might be a cheater, but both our sins separate us from a holy God. And we can all be redeemed by the same faith and trust in Jesus Christ. It's a simple concept to grasp. We're very familiar with it. You get a speeding ticket, you go to court, you need to pay the fine. Our sin demands a fine payment. The wages of sin are death, the Bible says. Death is a separation from a holy God. That's what hell is all about. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, in that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We all have the same thing in common. We have a need of forgiveness of our sins, whether it be lying, cheating, homosexual, whatever it is. We need to turn from our sins, place our faith and trust in Christ, ask him to forgive us. Jesus Christ came to this earth. He died on the cross in our place. He was buried, but he rose again three days later, defeating death. He's in heaven today, waiting for you to call on him. Whosoever calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. You're listening to Benson and those guys. We'll be back right after the break. GNT Youth Baseball is registering for its 2015 season. GNT has divisions to accommodate boys and girls ranging from ages 5 to 15 years. Games are played Saturday mornings beginning May 2nd and continuing through June 27th. Some age groups will have a weeknight practice time as well. All games are played at the beautiful GNT Sports Park in Hilton. The baseball programs offered through GNT Athletics teach baseball in a fun, family-centered environment that is sure to provide your family with many fond memories. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info. And you know what else GNT has? Men's softball. And registration is open for that now, too. All the games are played on Monday nights. They're all at the GNT Sports Park in Hilton. Season scheduled to begin May 4th, conclude August 3rd. There'll be two practice nights, April 20th and 27th, so long as the weather holds out so you can get out there, run around a little bit. Registration is only $60 if you act now, but you got to act now because the discount rate is scheduled to end March 14th. After that, the price is going to jump. Registration ends completely April 12th or when the program is full. If you have a group of guys you want to play with, the registration form allows for that. Put all their names down. G&T will try their best to keep you guys together. Now, they will stop short of guaranteeing that because they want to keep a competitive balance in the league, but they're going to do their best. If you're just that lone wolf or maybe you and a buddy want to play, GNT will find a team for you. They'll get you on. There's a bunch of guys like that. Go to gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info and find yourself over to their softball page. GNT Softball. Registration open now.
Welcome back to Benson and those guys, the number one faith-based sports talk show heard during this time slot on this station. Roman Gabriel III is a former NFL quarterback. He leads sold-out ministries, which includes sold-out TV. He's also involved with and appears on Family Faith and Sports Network. Welcome to the program. So glad you could join us, Roman. Rick, great to be with you guys. You grew up with a father who was maybe at the time uh, very famous, maybe the most famous NFL quarterback. Was that difficult growing up with that kind of attention on your family? You know, it was, um, but it also, from a from my perspective, in terms of, of loving football and loving sport, uh, my dad was a great influence in giving me the inspiration to see someone work hard to become one of the greatest NFL football players of all time. For me, at a young age of nine, I begged my mom and dad to play contact football, and uh, the rest is history. My goal was to play quarterback and was to play pro football, which God gave me an opportunity to do. The hard part was is that he was very famous. It was a very public situation, and um, my parents divorced when I was nine years old. And uh, when that happened, it was a public divorce, one that was known by everybody in the papers and, and television and those kids that I went to school with, and you can imagine what that's like. But I would not trade it for anything because, uh, really, that whole experience for me prepared me for the life that I live today, which is making an impact in other people's lives and in this next generation of youth. Now, you did follow your dad into professional football, but your career was cut short due to injury. Did did you ever feel cheated? Were you ever bitter by how your football career came to an end? You know, I wasn't. I knew that football was a short-term thing. I saw, you know, what the the rarity is, which is a father who played 17 years in the NFL. But during that time, I saw so many other players that came and went, and that the average career was less than three years. Uh, so my career was a little under two years. I had a neck injury that took me out. I really had no choice, and that was almost good because I knew a lot of people that hung on and hung on and hung on uh, because they wanted so badly to make it happen. And, uh, you know, God had a different plan for my life. Um, ministry has been a huge plan in my life. I have a ministry called Sold Out Youth Ministries since 2003, and our goal is to be an encouragement and to reach this generation of young people, not only with the good news of God, uh, but also to show them that they can be successful if they follow the success principles uh, that all successful people follow and that we live in a great country where you can accomplish what you want. So uh, what happened for me is that I learned through that time that I could reach my goals and dreams and saw what it took to be successful, and my mom and dad were a big catalyst in that, uh, and then use my experiences um, to do what I love to do, which my degree in college was media, television, and radio, and I do what I love to do every single day of my life today, and I influence millions of kids. So I have an opportunity to make a difference in people's lives through a football career and through sports. Uh, but I've used all those things that I learned in sports, teamwork, responsibility, accountability, work ethic. Uh, and I've been able to transfer that to this generation of young people who so desperately need leadership. You mentioned sold-out ministries. Can you share a little bit about what you do? I know you do a lot of speaking and getting into schools. Can you t- tell us a bit about sold-out ministries? Well, I started sold-out youth ministries in 2003, and I had had ministry background through Athletes in Action and, and Fellowship of Christian Athletes when I was in college. So I was very uh, up-to-date on how you could how you could use your talents and abilities in your platform, something we talk a lot about uh, in our ministry about professional and college athletes, about how they have a unique opportunity to use their talent to influence other people. And uh, what our ministry is all about, and you can find out more about it at soldouttv.com, which is our website, we have the opportunity to influence this generation through media and through sports, entertainment, and music. And we do that through our website. We do that through social networking, our Twitter at 
a handle at Sold Out 41. Our Facebook page is Sold Out. And basically what we do is, is we go into junior highs and high schools and colleges, and we speak to students, student athletes, uh, about how to be successful and about the fact that drugs and alcohol are not a part of a success plan. And what we do is we give them character and life skills principles, and we have a video engagement program for all students. So even if I'm not at your school, mom and dads that are out there listening to this program can send their students to soldouttv.com to take our drug and alcohol abstinence pledge, which is a big part of what we do in engaging parents to talk to their youngsters about the dangers of drugs and alcohol. And then we encourage students to go after their dreams and goals, and we show them how to do that through a, a success curriculum that's on our website at soldouttv.com. With all you've gone through, your injury in the NFL, the way you were up, brought up, clearly God was playing a part. What age did you become a believer in Christ, and can you share how that came about? You know, um, I became a believer and, and, and asked Christ to come in my life and to change my life when I was 13 years old. And, you know, I was very fortunate that my mom and dad took me to church every Sunday in my life, you know, and that was a regular part of my life. So I really knew and understood about who God was. But the thing that changed my life was an opportunity that my first football coach at my church took our football team as our head coach to Anaheim Stadium in California, and we went to a Billy Graham crusade. And at the age of nine, I heard Pastor Graham hearing clearly the gospel message of Jesus, that John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe on his name should not perish but have eternal life. And when he made that clear to me that night and then asked people to come down, and although I did not make a decision that night, uh, God made it very clear to me that, I, that a decision was something that I needed to do. And really, the divorce of my parents was a big catalyst in that, understanding that my life that I thought was so secure wasn't. Basically, what happened was, is I went on a retreat with my youth group at the time and uh, realized that there were strangers that cared more about me than friends that I had known for life because of one thing, that they loved God and wanted me to know God. And so my life was changed at the age of 13, and then I was very fortunate to have uh, had a scholarship to play football at the University of New Mexico, where I met some of my good friends today. Many of my friends that I played football with in college are now pastors, missionaries, uh, and involved in ministry, and that's what our love at the time was. And what I realized was is that God was using football as a means to bring me to a ministry career. Um, and it was a long road. I knew that God, as you said, had a plan for me, and that plan was set at an early age, and um, it was just a matter of me understanding that I needed to follow that plan, and uh, that's what I have the joy of doing every day of my life today. You're involved in so many different things, and Christ is central in all of that. And in the days around the Super Bowl, we saw a number of terrific videos going around from Family Faith and Sports Network. Can you tell us about your involvement there and what Family Faith Sports Network is all about? Well, I have a partner uh, who's in ministry and is an incredible uh, media company called 1615.tv. And about 10 years ago, we got together. I've done 21 Super Bowls, and I was looking for someone to help me produce some documentaries and movies about uh, high-impact football players and coaches that participated in the Super Bowl. So uh, we put out several movies, a movie about Kurt Warner, about David Tyree, Reggie White, Tony Dungy, which is a movie, a full-length movie that we did, which is a docudrama. To answer your question, you know, we've been doing this really since 2003, my partners and I. We were just hoping for an opportunity to bring something that's never been done, which is a, a well-done sports quality, the kind of quality television that, that these young people want and that young families want. So we're reaching, trying to reach a 19 to a 45 audience uh, with stories 
of athletes and coaches who make a difference in others' lives. And, you know, today people want to know more about who these people are. And, unfortunately, we have hundreds of stations out there that cover the minutiae of sports and cover every little thing that goes on, but we don't know very much about the athletes themselves. So what we started to do was to make short films to put out social networking sites and, and video from Olympic athletes, uh, X-game athletes, professional athletes and coaches, people who cover sports, people who write about sports. And uh, we had the opportunity, which we're doing this year, to start Faith, Family, and Sports Network. And uh, you can go to fspn.org. And we're getting, getting, getting ready to kick that off and then have an opportunity in 2016. We're having some negotiations with some television networks that would like to put this very unique content on because people realize that 80% of people in the world believe in God and there's more money spent on sports and entertainment than any other place uh, in our country. So it's needed. It's it's not a niche audience. It's a large audience. And we want to bring something that television isn't offering and, and people are beginning to see that, that, that that's very valuable. Do our listeners have to wait for fspn.org to launch or can they see these videos you mentioned, Tony Dungy and some others, can they see those movies now? Oh, they can see them now. They can see the stuff that we did from Super Bowl 49 this year in Phoenix. Um, they can hear my radio show uh, on Saturday nights at 8.06 Eastern, 7.06 Central on American Family Radio. It's a one-hour sports talk show about faith, family, and sports, and they can do that at AFR.net, uh, our website. My podcast page there is at Sold Out Sports Talk at AFR.net. It streams live, and we have over 150 stations, so if you want to see and hear those interviews, they're available. Uh, also, you can go to my Vimeo page at uh, Sold Out or my YouTube page that has our years of Super Bowl coverage, so cool interviews with some of the biggest Super Bowl athletes and coaches of our history uh, at um, Sold Out TV uh, on YouTube. Um, of course, my Facebook page at Roman Gabriel 3 fan page, we put that stuff up on a regular basis. So if you want to hear from some of the biggest sports stars in the world, you can do it through all of, all of our, our platforms, and you can find all those platforms on my website, real simple, at soldouttv.com. Of course, what you're going to find in all of this stuff is the one thing is all about is telling these athletes stories, giving them the time to explain to your fans who they are, what they've been through, what they're all about, and how faith, family, and sports has formed their life, very similar to, to my story that I've told here today. And your fans will be extremely surprised to find out the number of athletes and coaches in amateur and professional sports, college sports, that follow the credo of God, family, and their sport. How can we pray for you? Uh, very simple. Um, we, like everybody else, it takes funding to do quality programming. It takes funding to do quality opportunities and to do what we're doing. So a big part of what we're doing right now is raising the funding we need for the Faith, Family, and Sports Network. If people are interested, we're a 501c3 at Sold Out Youth Ministries. If you're interested in giving to our cause to help us to reach this next generation, um, you can do it very simply. You can go to my website at soldouttv.com, hit the donate page, and you can do it safely and easily by PayPal or credit card there. That's probably the simplest way that you can help us. And we have people that give as little as 25 a month to people who give over $10,000 a year. Right now, you know, our, our, we have it all in place. We're a content provider. We have all the content that we need to be able to deliver this 24-hour network. Uh, but we, we need people out there who believe like we do that this is something that's desperately needed. And we are talking now to interested parties, to other athletes and coaches who believe this. Uh, I will tell your fans and, and tell your listeners uh, that what's been the most exciting about what we're doing is is to get the enthusiasm of professional college and athletes and coaches who have said, 
we want to help. This is something, a message that needs to be heard. This is something that we really want to do, and we want to help you do it. Uh, so we're really excited, and, uh, and if your fans and listeners want to be a part of it, they can go to soldouttv.com, and they can uh, make a donation, join our team. Some people invite their friends to church, or they invite them to Sunday school, or they invite them to some church event, and they're scared to death of church. They've had a bad experience, or maybe they just they, they just have never been in a church atmosphere, which this generation of college students, many of them have never been to church or opened up a Bible. So what we're able to do is provide a place where they can go, where they can see people they're familiar with. Sports is a very familiar thing. You don't have a problem with color, socioeconomic background. All all the things that divide people don't exist in sports. It kind of breaks down those things. So what we're able to do is provide these incredible stories and entertainment. Um, and we've done it through DVDs. We've done it through websites. We've done it through TV shows where we invite people uh, who never knew anything about God, but through these athletes and coaches and through sports, we're introduced to a faith-based, a true athlete who is committed to God and who showed them what that looks like. He's Roman Gabriel III. SoldOutTV.com is the website. Also be on the lookout for FSPN.org. Roman, praise God. Thank you for joining us. I'm just very excited about all you're doing there. Rick, thanks for having us. Appreciate your listeners and. Um, Please, if they want to, if they want to hear some more sports and they want to hear some more stuff, um, we're Saturday nights, 806 Eastern. Just go to AFR.net and you can hear our radio shows and, and everything that we do. Thank Thanks, you, Roman. Appreciate it, Rick. All right. Bye. God bless you. Bye. Roman Gabriel III joining us on the BTG studio line. On last week's show, you heard Pastor Shane share his testimony on how he came into a relationship with Jesus Christ. This week, I'd like to ask you, Zach, what's your story? Tell us how you came to Christ. Well, I was saved out of a life of uh, desperate wickedness and sin. Uh, I was four years old. No, I was a good kid, but when I was four, I started to have nightmares about hell, and my parents explained the concept of sin and salvation, and that Christ's death and resurrection were the only thing that could save me, and I understood it. But that's really only the beginning of my testimony. Uh, when I was around 10, I discovered one of those huge Christmas catalogs that used to come in the mail. You remember them for pennies and sears and stuff. It had a whole section of lingerie, which at that age I hadn't ever seen, and I was fascinated by the women in this catalog. And one thing led to another, and by the time I was 14 or so, I had developed a full-blown pornography addiction. Guys uh, and girls, our culture has normalized porn, and it's told you that everyone does it, which is probably true, but please don't listen to them. When you're doing that type of stuff, you feel dirty and worthless and ashamed. It happened to me. I became unable to look people in the eye as if somehow they'd know uh, all about my secret sin, and uh, I stopped spending time with God in the Bible because I knew that he hated what I was doing. Finally, after a few years of that, uh, I was in Christmas uh, in a Christmas musical at church, and the cast was backstage praying during a message, praying for the salvation of people in the audience, and it was just such a powerful moment where God was really present in the room, and we, you know, you could feel him moving, and I just knew it was time to make things right. I knew I wasn't on the same page spiritually as everyone else in the room, and so that was it. Silently, I confessed everything, and I asked God for forgiveness, and I admitted what I had been doing, even though he already knew it. I can't say that I'm magically cured of any desire to do that stuff again, because it's a lifelong battle that I'm always going to struggle with. But I guess the moral of the story is this. The greatest thing about knowing God is that he loves you no matter what, and he forgives you no matter what. There's nothing you can do to make him give up on you. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9 that if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful to forgive them, period. When the Bible says whosoever calls on him will be saved, 
It doesn't say whosoever doesn't murder, or whosoever attends church and gives money, or even whosoever is a good person. If you ask God to forgive you and to save you, he will. This has been true in my life, and I'm so thankful for it. Well, that's uh, that's a powerful testimony, Zach. I want to thank you for your honesty and your transparency, and I'm just going to pray that God would add his blessing to that, and I think people will identify with that. I hope so. Coming up after the break, we're going to close out the show with Darren's Unreasonable Rant, our Pests of the Week. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Title sponsor of Benson and Those Guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. If you have a pest problem, they are who you need to call. I know it's still cold and snowy outside, but those warm days are right around the corner and those pesky critters are going to start coming out. Town & Country Pest Solutions has been in business for over 25 years and have a team of knowledgeable professionals that guarantee their work. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. Spring training has started. Baseball is being played. Sunflower seeds, big league chew, Vin Scully warming up his golden pipes, rehearsing his endless, audience-engaging stories of days past, and of course, the other side. Hawk Harrelson's horrible announcing, and Red Sox fans complaining that the Yankees buy championships, even though Boston spent more than everybody this offseason. But even Hawk Harrelson and the incessant whining of Red Sox fans can't ruin baseball for me quite like a play clock can. Baseball is a chess match, a game of strategy, matchups, chin musics, filthy curveball, gold glove robbery, and 500 foot bombs. It's not meant to be played at the speed of other games. It's for intelligent people like myself, Benson, and the rest of those guys. But if baseball bores you, that's okay. You have a simple mind and enjoy simpler things like 100 meter dashes. But baseball isn't a sprint, it's a marathon, and a play clock will ruin that. My Pest of the Week this week is Cristiano Ronaldo of Real Madrid. His vanity knows no bounds as he makes sure that his own personal hairstylist goes and brushes up his wax museum mannequin on a monthly basis (laughs) with hair flown in from India. My Pest of the Week is Cristiano Ronaldo. My Pest of the Week is the Associated Press who will be debuting shortly a system in which robots will be writing game stories. No more human sports writers and probably scripted stories. My pest of the week is Shamrock Shake Haters. Of course the drink is unhealthy. It's a milkshake from McDonald's. I don't need the health tips you found in a random blog written by some stay-at-home mom in Wisconsin while their kids napped. I know it's bad for me, but you know what else it is? Delicious. My pest of the week is LeBron James for his reaction to getting tackled. I understand it's basketball, but the guy was trying to help him up after he knocked him down. He didn't have to act like a little kid. Thanks for joining us. I've already had a shamrock shake within the last week. (laughs) I've had several. Oh, they're delicious. (laughs) Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. You can follow us on our website, btgprogram.com, or follow us on Twitter, at btgprogram. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week. It's never